I'm Andrew Norton, and this is Completely Optional Knowledge. Today's question comes from Rick Schwartz, better known as Zookeeper Rick. He's an ambassador at the San Diego Zoo, and if you're a regular listener to the show, Rick's voice should sound familiar. Last time he was on the show, he was talking about animal farts. It's true. It ended up being our most popular episode to date. I don't know what that tells us. Well, uh, I would like to take credit for that, but I think it might have to do something with the topic and not with the person talking about it. (laughs) Thanks again for elevating the discourse of this podcast, Rick. I do what I can. (laughs) And so last time you were on the show, you were answering a question for us, but this time you have a question, right? Yeah. So my question is, uh, why do different animals see color differently? You hear about different types of animals seeing different spectrums and maybe seeing crazy different colors. And it seems like us humans are, I don't know, mild-mannered when it comes to the kinds of colors that we can see, right? Right. So my understanding from my zoology courses is, of course, that there's a broad light spectrum. And so I'm curious to know why is some animals you know, can see those other sections of the spectrum, I guess. So I'm just curious as to why that is. Huh. You know, you said you know a little bit about it, but, I, you know, I was a little bit worried when you said you had a question. I'm like, is this one of those quizzes where, like, you know the answer to it and you're just trying to check if uh, <laughs> if we do our research here? Exactly. That's exactly it. Yes. I'm ready to grade you and judge you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Andrew Norton, and this is Completely Optional Knowledge, brought to you by Greenpeace. Ask. Inquire. Seek the truth. The show where we take questions that make you go, huh? And we try and make you be like, oh. Completely Optional Knowledge is presented by Greenpeace. Help support the show and show your support by signing up for news and updates at greenpeace.org slash USA slash knowledge. Jay Knights is a professor of ophthalmology at the University of Washington. So this dude knows a thing or two about vision and color in animals. I started graduate school studying color vision in 1980. And so I think of nothing but color vision for the last 35 years. So we have this big question to deal with here, which is why do animals see color differently? But first, how can you tell what colors animals can see? (laughs) That's a really great question. I've tested color vision in lots of different animals. The animals just don't do very good where you say, what number do you see here? (laughs) Instead, what we do is we put the thing that's a different color, we just make it into a blob and we put it in a particular place on the screen. Uh And we just ask the animal to find it. It's a nice big touch screen and they just touch it with their nose. Okay, so what kinds of things can different animals see? I told the person who asked this question that I feel like humans are pretty boring when it comes to the colors and the color spectrum that we can see. Is, is, that, is that right? <laughs> well, this is a very common kind of misconception. <laughs> I think humans are pretty exciting, actually. Okay, okay. A television has three different primary colors that are produced. Which is red, green, and blue, right? Like RGB, is that it? Exactly. And it turns out that the reason that there are three primary colors in your television or computer or smartphone is because we have three different kinds of cone photoreceptors in our eye. So one of the things that then determines how good our color vision is, is how many different receptors that organism has. Mm. Every time somebody says, oh, you know something about color vision in animals? How about the mantis shrimp? 
It has 12 different color receptors. It must have this fantastic color vision. Right. Yeah, I imagine it's like watching Jurassic Park on VHS and then switching over to like the 4K Blu-ray version. Right? <laughs> so thankfully, someone actually did an experiment on a mantis shrimp to measure their color vision. It turns out they have terrible color vision. They have terrible color vision. What, what do you mean by that? Our color vision is actually, you know, not in our eye. Our color vision is in our brain. Mm. And we have a really huge brain, and the mantis shrimp has like a really, really tiny brain. I see. So it's like they can see a lot, but it's lost on them. Like it's like having a full production of Shakespeare for a, for a one-year-old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It doesn't have this movie inside of its head that it's sitting and going, wow, look at the beautiful sunset. <laughs> it's not going to the Museum of Modern Art and looking at the Picassos and such. Exactly. So across animals, there are animals that only have one kind of cone photoreceptor. And those animals don't have any color vision at all. A good example of that are hamsters. Hmm. Hamsters only have a single kind of cone photoreceptors. Another one, interestingly, is dolphins. Actually, all marine mammals only have a single kind of cone photoreceptor. And so you basically see in black and white. Hmm. And why some animals only see in black and white is something that we don't understand. The next kind of animal are animals that have two different kinds of cones, like, you know, dogs and cats and cows, horses. And this is what is common among almost all mammals. So for mammals, we're doing pretty good. we got three. For mammals, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what would that look like with just the two? I mean, you said the one photoreceptor means basically black and white, which makes sense. You only pick up one hue, so you can't compare. What, what would it look like with two? People that are red, green, colorblind, they're missing one of their cone photoreceptor types. I see. And so humans that are red, green, colorblind, and most other mammals have something in common. And so what happens is that animals that have just two receptors... They can see black and white and two colors that I like to call blue and yellow. I mean, I, my brain can't really be in a dog's head. Right. So we talked about why animals physically see the world differently because they have different receptors and their brains process these receptors differently. But there's still like a why as to what purpose does this serve? Part of the reason that other mammals only have two and primates have three is that our visual system is just more highly evolved. In a few hundred million years, all the other mammals will all have trichromatic color vision. And, you know, we'll have tetrachromatic color vision. You know, part of it just depends a little bit on the history of the evolution of a particular organism, I think. Okay, so we got these different color receptors that let animals see different colors. But some animals can actually see different parts of the light spectrum that us humans can't see, right? Like infrared or uh, ultraviolet. Sure. There's quite a few animals that can see in the ultraviolet. Many times the male bird is more colorful than the female, but people have said, you know, it's interesting. Here are these birds and they don't follow that pattern. The male and the female look pretty much exactly the same. And then they went with their ultraviolet camera and it turns out that the male has the super ultraviolet reflective foliage that the females don't have. And it turns out that oftentimes flowers have all sorts of patterns that are communicating with bees, that the reflectance is all in the ultraviolet. And, you know, maybe the way that it works out is that the flower doesn't want to be communicating 
you know, this information about where its nectar is to all different organisms. Hmm. It really wants to communicate just with the bee. Nature's kind of sending secret messages that we're not privy to because we can't see the certain spectrum, right? Which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, there you go. Truly fascinating. It reminds me of that like invisible ink, right? When you're a kid and you like rub the rub the lemon juice on a piece of paper or something and that's the only time you can see the message. Exactly, exactly. Or, or uh, have you seen that movie uh, They Live by John Carpenter, a 1980s movie? Uh, I can't say that I have, no. <laughs> it's this dude, he finds these glasses and he puts on these glasses and he sees hidden messages everywhere. Ah. Uh, like he sees this this alien race living in the earth, but he can only see them with these glasses. I feel like... It's kind of like that. Like these bees, they have this certain way of seeing the world that other animals don't, right? Like they look at these flowers and they're like, oh, that's a good flower to go to. Whereas we just look at these flowers and, you know, we don't see this infrared pattern that, that bees see, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And why in the world would a mantis shrimp evolve to have that many receptors but not have a processor to understand it all and do something with that information it's receiving? Okay, so either way, this gives me an idea for our next episode. You, me, in the field... We take a full tank of mantis shrimp, throw it in the back of the car. We go around town and just try and blow their minds with their crazy color vision. Like we'll go to the planetarium. We'll go see like a 3D Star Wars movie and we'll sort of pull them afterwards. You know, it'll be scientific. We'll, we'll gauge their reaction. And here's the follow up to all of it. Do mantis shrimp fart? <laughs> what color are their farts? Maybe uh, There you go. Maybe they can see that, <laughs> but they don't know it. I don't know. <laughs> Completely Optional Knowledge is presented by Greenpeace, and unlike other podcast sponsors, they don't want to try and sell you underwear or something. Not that there's anything wrong with that. We all love underwear, but they just want to keep in touch. So visit greenpeace.org slash USA slash knowledge to sign up for news and updates. It's really easy, and you'll be helping support the show. Our producer is J.P. Davidson. Breakmaster Cylinder created our theme music, and I'm Andrew Norton. Visit completelyoptionalknowledge.org to hear more episodes, to subscribe, and to, of course, ask your questions, because we can't make this show unless we know what you're curious about. You can also call 202-697-6912 and leave us a voicemail with your questions or feedback. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back in two weeks with more Completely Optional Knowledge. And hey, if you like the podcast, do us a favor and tell someone about it. Share it on Twitter, on Facebook, um, you know, LinkedIn. Uh, get your MySpace account fired up and, and just share the podcast. We'd really appreciate it.